NBA free agency is well underway. We'll review our free agency picks and all the day one craziness. Plus, Kawhi Leonard is still a free agent. And then we'll get into our winners and losers of the offseason so far. All this coming up and more on the reserves. Welcome to the second episode of The Reserves. Happy 4th of July. Hope everyone has a safe and fun Independence Day weekend. So much has happened. So much to talk about. But first, I want to set something straight. If you want to join in our podcast, you can absolutely do so with this cool feature on Anchor called Voice Messages. If you go to anchor.fm slash the reserves slash message, you can send in a voice message that we can then play on our podcast and talk about it. If you want to send in a question, if you want to send in a comment or a concern or some constructive criticism, <laughs> please send it in and we could possibly put you on our next episode. And while you're doing all that, go ahead and hit that five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. Hit that subscribe button, that following button, and we'd greatly appreciate it. And follow us on Twitter too, at ReservesPod on Twitter. So let's just jump right in. Yeah, absolutely. Day one of free agency has almost become a national holiday. Yeah, I think the way they moved up the start time to the 6 p.m. start time, Mm -hmm. I think it was a great move because people weren't going to bed at midnight, and then all of a sudden all these things were coming out in the morning. The fear of missing out. People don't want to miss this stuff. Exactly. It's become a lead event, and people are, you know, Twitter is just exploding with anticipation and Sources, my sources say all over the place. Everyone has sources. Everyone apparently. has sources, apparently. We even have sources, question mark. We might. <laughs> someday. Someday we will. We could tell you we do, and you might just have to believe us, like some people on Twitter. That's very true. But, you know, there's a lot has gone on, and, you know, some probably the most interesting thing is that Kawhi Leonard is somehow still a free agent. It's really unbelievable to to me because so think back to LeBron and the decision he didn't make that decision until July tenth, and here we are now with Kawhi. So all, all of these other free agents have made their decision, probably made their decision beforehand, and right. so it was all released that first day, the second day. But I think it's bizarre that we've come to the point in time where it's weird that Kawhi is taking his sweet time to make this decision. Yeah, I mean, I. It kind of fits his personality, though. You know, I, I've seen reports that he wanted to keep everything silent. He doesn't really want people to know what's going on, and that's kind of where we. It's it's kind of who, what we expect from Kawhi up to this point is to be kind of his own guy and silent and quiet about things, more private. And um, and I just love the speculation surrounding everything when it comes to free agency. You know, people saying Kawhi today he thinks about going to the Lakers. Kawhi wants to stay in California, which also opens up the Clippers. Today he's meeting with the Toronto Raptors. I love how people just kind of wait with bated breath you know, for his next move, or really his next thought, as people seem to kind of want to tap into his brain and try to predict where he's going to end up to play basketball. Right. I think one thing you talked about was he doesn't want any leaks. You know, so the Mark Stein tweet, Mark Stein of the New York Times tweeted today that one of the biggest things for Kawhi's camp is that he doesn't want any leaks from his meetings, from the organizations he's talking to. And that's a big selling point of the Toronto Raptors. All season, you didn't hear anything of any leaks. or They pretty much had a wall built up of no information is getting out. And you can almost say that with the Clippers, with the brain trust they have there in the front office of right. Jerry West with the, as the president of basketball operations, Doc Rivers, then also Steve Ballmer, the wealthiest owner in the entire sports world. Mm-hmm. That does not go the same for the Los Angeles Lakers. No, they're kind of a circus. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing that you have to respect about them, though, that this summer, so far, so good, in the fact that they have not leaked any information that we know of. Right. You and, think that was somehow tied to Magic Johnson? You think once Magic Johnson left, you know, they that sort of cleaned them up a little bit? I think so. I think there's... You know, we're still 
don't really know who the brain trust of the Lakers is. Right, yeah. You know, a lot of people are saying, this is Rob Polinka, this is Jeannie, this is the Rambuses, you know, both Kurt and his wife. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Lakers have a lot have had a lot to sort out, but I think they finally have gotten their act together and, and said, we have to straighten this up and finally come to the agreement that we're going to be a united organization. Well, I would hope so. You know, it's it's tough to see, you know, a, a franchise as storied as the Lakers or the Celtics or, you know, the Knicks, and we'll get to them later, uh, you know, f- struggle. You know, we grew up, you and I, watching, you know, the battles between Boston's big three and, and Kobe. Exactly. And we've we've grown up to know, and we're basketball fans, we know the, the history behind those those franchises. And it, it's just refreshing to, to know that they're going in the right direction. Yeah, and I think this summer has also helped Rob Polinka's criticisms. Yeah, he was facing a lot exactly. going into it. And so, you know, if you look at Rob Polinka's resume now, so back-to-back summers, he was a part of the team that brought in LeBron James. And this summer, he did what he had to do, and he got Anthony Davis. Right. So if they go out and sign Kawhi Leonard to that max deal, I think all the criticisms of Rob Polinka have to go away. They should. Because we're talking in two summers, back-to-back summers, signing or trading for three of the best players in the NBA currently. Arguably top five players. Yeah, and maybe one or two of them could go down as one of the greatest of all time. Right. So I think some of that criticism needs to go by the wayside, but I get it. You know, But I think they're really sticking to this agenda of we're not leaking any inside information. And I think a lot of this inside information that is out is not from any real sources, but really yeah. just – out there on Twitter. Just speculation. Exactly. We're, so, I'll put it to you this way. Where, where do you want Kawhi to go? Well, I picked him to go to the Clippers. You still think that happens? I, I still think that happens. Uh, you know, I kind of have an interesting, you know, something I thought about today was, what do you think about, you know, Kawhi's already made his decision, I think. You think so? I think he's already made it up. I think he's he knows for a fact he's going to the Clippers. Because I don't see him wanting to be, you know, a possible third option. Although he does get to play with some of the best players in the world, he proved that he can take a team to the to a title, and he would want to do that. Now, the reason he's he's, you know, some say he's the last domino to fall. And I could be wrong, but I think he's possibly waiting out. So all of the more solid and all of the higher tier role players get signed up by teams across the league <laughs> in somewhat of a sabotage move for the to, against the Lakers. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Conspiracy Carson joining us today. <laughs> oh, I, it's if you think about it, it's it's not that far fetched. I mean, I appreciate the idea, but when he requested requested a trade from the Spurs, he said. First, I want to go to the Lakers. When basically they figured out that was going to happen, well, then it became I want to go to Los Angeles. So I want to go. I'll go to the Clippers. Right. And also, I think the fact that he spoke to Magic Johnson, or at least his representatives did, in some sort of fashion, shows that there's definitely a level of interest there. Unless Kawhi is pulling the greatest maneuver of uh, misdirection we've ever seen, which I wouldn't put it past him because he's possibly the weirdest superstar we've ever seen. It's very true. The mystery man, Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely. And think about it. You know, if he goes to the Lakers, who's his coach going to be? It's Frank Vogel. I mean, he was with he was a coach pop in San Antonio. I, I think you know. Obviously, the Clippers have an edge in that category. I think if he had the chance to go to. He had the chance. He had the chance to change the tides of a franchise. I think the pull there is just too much for him to want to go anywhere else. I'm sure he could contribute to the Lakers, you know, storied franchise, or he could create one himself. And that's why I see him going to the Clippers, and I'll still stand by it now. See, I think with that argument, he just goes back to Toronto, where he makes more money. He's got the whole country behind him. He's got the team around him. It's probably a arguably better team than the Clippers. Yeah. Their young core and everything. But even with the 
the trade for Harkless that happened uh, yesterday. I, I still think that, I don't know. I think Kawhi is going to do what Kawhi wants, obviously. Yeah. But I think if he has nothing to prove to the rest of the league anymore. He's won two finals, two finals MVPs, two defensive players of the year. I saw a stat the other day on Twitter was by the age of 27, which Kawhi just turned not too long ago, that Jordan had not won a championship, had not won a finals MVP, and was, had one defensive player of the year. And with LeBron, you know, he won one championship, one MVP, and zero defensive player of the year. So he has nothing to prove anymore. Basically, if he wants to go to the Lakers, which I'm a Laker fan, as you will you well know, but I mean they we're talking of being a contender, maybe the favorite to win the championship for the next four to five years. Yeah, I mean they would they would instantly become the next dynasty. Exactly. In in the NBA, hopefully they could build a bench as well if Kawhi were to go to the Lakers. Because that's that's the main critic on them now is that if if they can't if they can end up getting Kawhi, how are they going to build a bench to take some of the load off of these superstars? Because they're really one injury away without a bench from to, from being a a bubble team. Right. Well, so they'll have to sign a lot of guys to min, minimum contracts. Yep. Or you know they'll have to bring back a Rondo, a Javale McGee. And then also look at those exceptions that they have in the cap where they could bring in a mid-level, the mid-level exception, bring in a mid-level guy. Um, so that's, you know, $4 million maybe. So that's really their options if they go get a Kawhi. But the thing also, too, because so many people have signed elsewhere and have gotten these inflated deals, which Lakers probably are smart for not paying in the first place on some of these contracts, but they'll just have to be signing minimum guys anyway because there's not the market's very deflated now on the quality of players that are out there yeah still quality guys for sure which but, was kind of my point yeah about you know Kawhi sort of conspiring against the lakers uh, it would be wild to see something like that happen and unfold in that nature but you know it's not that far off and um definitely if his if his goal is to not win a championship in before the Lakers, there's no better way to do it than what than that than what that idea suggests. Yeah. Well, moving on from conspiracy, Carson. <laughs> let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, from conspiracy Carson to his favorite team, the Milwaukee Bucks. Well, the team that has my favorite player. There you go. So we'll say that. Um. Biggest takeaway from what they've been doing this offseason. I'm happy with what they've done. I'm not entirely happy with losing Brogdon. You know, he's a young player, obviously a stud. And he, just, uh, he did miss a lot of games last year. But he was arguably their, best, their second best player in the postseason. Yeah. You know, obviously it's a big, it's a big hole to fill. But we were able to keep... I'll I'll refrain from saying we. The Bucks were able to keep their superstar intact. They're able to keep their all star here. We were able to sign Brooke Lopez back, get his brother on the team, which I am a huge fan of, and um, also Wes Matthews, right? Who is a shooter, perimeter defense guy. He he, he will get the job done. Yeah, veteran guy. Good locker room presence. Right. So, biggest takeaway is that I'm okay with it. Now, I know you have your take on it. Yeah, so basically my my take is this. So, next summer is really a telling time for the Milwaukee Bucks when Giannis becomes available or eligible for the Supermax, which is basically $254 million over five years. He's just the MVP. He's eligible for that contract extension. Summer of 2020. He'll arguably be the highest paid player. Exactly. In the NBA, yeah. And so my take, though, is what does this say to him that we're not going to go into luxury tax to bring back one of our key guys on a team that was looking like it was definitely going to contend for a championship a over the next three years? Away, yeah. I mean, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals, 
and were the favorites, really, that whole series until the very end. Right. So I just think, what's it say to Giannis saying, yeah, we just don't want to pay that luxury tax? Because they would have been just barely over the hard cap uh, if they would have retained Brogdon, if they would have matched that salary. I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously they know better than we do, but, I mean, I feel like they would have to have some sort of confidence for, you know, like maybe they could make another run without having to do so. You know, you do have to save money still. But I know, I understand they're kind of in a win-now mode. I think they have to be. Yeah, obviously. Um, At least while Giannis is not on a Supermax. So... Yeah, I understand that, and uh, that is concerning, you know, as a Bucks fan, as a as a Giannis fan. Uh, but you know, hopefully they obviously they have to know what they're doing, right? You know, you would think so. You would think so. But this is also another small market team that has one of the most transcendent players that we've seen, maybe in NBA history ever. I yeah. mean, I mean, maybe that's a really hard take on Giannis, but just his freak athleticism. Basically, he can do whatever he wants on the court. Facilitate, rebound, get to the rim. Basically, he just really needs to work on his shooting, and we think that he's improving that and really working at that. Also, he's 24 years old, which is just an unreal thing. Right, yeah. So, the Bucks are a, a mystery right now. We know that they did all right in uh, retaining most of their team, had a couple key additions to hopefully fill those gaps. Yeah, and we, we talked on the last podcast, too, of this may be a situation where they're looking to retain two of the three. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd have thought Brogdon was probably going to be one of those two. but right. We both expected Brooke Lopez to be the guy, like the odd man out there. Yeah, I thought he'd be overpaid, overpaid in this inflated market, but, but obviously important role on that team. They had to bring him back. Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. Let's, uh, let's move on to the... Perhaps the biggest starting five we've seen in a long time. Yeah, basically the Philadelphia 76ers have said, we're going to take small ball and throw it out the window. Right. We are over small ball. So after signing Al Horford, they've officially become probably the biggest team in the NBA right now. And now they're looking to extend Ben Simmons with a max contract, which I think is – a horrible decision. But what do you think about it? So, basically, with Ben Simmons, I feel like it's something you have to do. Because you you can't let him walk. He could definitely, he could be your centerpiece for the next 10 years if you retain him. So, the max contract they're looking exciting is, is the rookie, max rookie extension of five years, $170 million. But, you know, we'll see. Ben, I think the verdict is still out on Ben Simmons. You know, he was basically became a guy that's going to go stand in the corner, uh, or you not even on the floor in the playoffs because they said, or you're going to be a dunker because we're not going to have the ball in your hands because you can't shoot. Right. And so, that, you know, that's another thing with the 76ers that the person that was their sole facilitator in the playoffs when the going got tough was Jimmy Butler, and now he's with Miami Heat. Didn't want the extension. Was offered the extension. Reports say. But now he's gone. You know, they did get, with the sign-and-trade, Josh Richardson. He was a quality player, but I don't know. It's going to be a different team. It's going to be a very fun team to watch. But what are your thoughts on the 76ers? Well, it, to me, it kind of looks like they built a team to beat Milwaukee. Okay. So Al Horford was kind of he, – he got a lot of uh, press in uh, during their series against Milwaukee for – you know, for lack of a better term, shutting down Giannis. He did. He played really nice defense against Giannis during that series. Just it wasn't enough, to, obviously, to to win the thing. But you know, they they realize how, how dangerous uh, the Bucks were in the paint. You know, with penetration and kick out and just the way they right. played. So I think they're. I think that they had the the Bucks in mind when it came to signing Al Horford. They wanted to make sure they could win the Eastern Conference. I don't think they were trying to build the best team in the NBA. I think they're just trying to build the best team in the Eastern Conference, which is just fine. As long as you can win that, 
you'll have a shot. Well, yeah, then you're in the finals. Right. Because, as we said earlier in the pod, this NBA, especially if Kawhi does not become a Laker, if he goes to Toronto or Clippers, it's it's probably the most wide open we've seen in the past decade. And probably the most exciting that we've seen in the past decade. Exactly. So, I, I love, personally, I love the Al Horford signing. Yeah, the veteran I do too. presence. I do too. The guy that's going to play you, play really good defense, can defend the pick and roll at a high level, and also can extend and make you be a threat on the perimeter. So I think the really interesting signing for me was the Tobias Harris. They retained Tobias Harris for the max level contract of five million, five million, five year, five year for one hundred eighty million dollars. So that means at year five, Tobias Harris, a zero time All Star, will be making. <laughs> Over $40 million in his fifth year with the 76ers. That's a lot of money, Carson. That's too much money, first off. And second off, if they pay him all that money, they go pay Ben Simmons all that money. Joel's already on the max. Horford's almost on the max. They're, you know, they, suffer, they suffer elsewhere. They su- their bench is going to suffer. They've already lost their best shooter. Yeah, J.J. Riddick. Now with the New Orleans Pelicans. Which is a fantastic move, I might add. Exactly. So. Longer commute from Brooklyn, but. (laughs) So. uh, The 76ers need to win now. Yeah, I think they have to be in win now mode. Joel Embiid is 25 going on 55. His back's against the wall right now, I think. I think with injuries, we just don't know. I don't know how long he'll be at the top of his game. I want him to be as long as he can stay healthy. He's a great player. Um, but, you know, they have to win now. They have to use most of his prime. Do you see them dealing him away before the deadline? No. If, if he continues to play kind of streaky, do you see them potentially moving him to no. clear up some cap and potentially, you know, try to get something out of a guy who's, you know, on his last leg? Well, see, I almost saw them – trying to move Ben Simmons over him, honestly. I don't think they'll move Joel. I think Joel is their guy. I think really what they need to do with Joel is Brett Brown has to figure out how can I use his minutes more wisely. Right. You know, they were acting like the first 40 games of the regular season last year were the playoffs, and he was playing 40 minutes a game. And that's a that's a crazy number for a guy that's suffered injuries early in his career to be playing that high of a minutes. I agree. Um, so, what's your prediction for the Seventy Sixers? So, say let's let's say that this is their roster heading into next season. Um, we'll just assume Kawhi's in the Western Conference. What do you see for this Seventy Sixers team? Well, this was a team that was four bounces away from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. Of course, they lost some key um, assets to other teams, but I think their goal has to be the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, definitely needs to be the Finals. I think they have the potential, the star power to get there. Uh, I just think it's going to be interesting to see how Brett Brown utilizes Al Horford and also his new bench that they're trying to build up right now. Do you foresee a Milwaukee-Philadelphia Eastern Conference Finals? I would love that. I think that would be a great Eastern Conference Finals. I think it would be too. I think it's two similar teams that that attack in the same ways and both play really good defense. And I think it'd be a great, I think it'd be a series that could go to seven. And I think that it'll come down to another situation like uh, Philadelphia with Toronto this past season, where you know they're a few bounces away and a crazy shot away from making it to where they need to be. Yeah, if Kawhi is not in the Eastern Conference, I think it's it's going to be the Seventy Sixers. Or the Bucks conference to lose. Taking it. Yeah, I think it's going to be either of those in the finals. You know, barring injury or anything crazy right. happening. Because the Nets don't seem to look like they'll be ready yet. Yeah, speaking of injuries, you know, they they have probably created some of the most buzz so far in free agency, signing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Uh, but we all know that Kevin Durant won't be available day one. He probably won't be available all year. Yeah, I think we're thinking 2020, October 2020, he'll be playing. Right. 
he'll be 100%. Maybe. We'll see. That's the thing with Achilles. You know, Kobe had his Achilles injury and really never came back the same. Right. It's something that's it, – it's scary, and it's all – it's especially scary when you throw a lot of money at that player as well. Exactly. So Brooklyn is in such a unique position because they now hold all the chips to turn the tide of basketball in New York. They can now be the premier basketball team in New York City. And regardless of what Knicks fans say, (laughs) that place is going to be the epicenter of culture and of New York basketball at least until those guys are gone. Yeah, that's my thoughts exactly. The Knicks have not been relevant since the early days of Carmelo and Amari Stardemeyer. Yeah. Um, and and now that the Nets, you know, they were in the playoffs last year, a lot of buzz going on with the Nets all season long of being a really overperforming team than we thought they would be. Right, exactly. But but now with Kyrie and KD and DeAndre Jordan and retaining most of their young players, they have a really solid roster. Exactly. I think the big what if right now out for the Nets is – well, does Kyrie come in and really blend well with that young talent? He's yeah. not exactly a leader. Yeah, I think we learned that with Boston, that he could come in and play really well for that first year, and then it may blow up in your face. But I, I think Kyrie probably takes too much criticism for all of that. I think I think there's a lot going on with that, a lot of personalities that did not really mix very well. Right, and you know, there was a thing where Kyrie missed a lot of time, and uh Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were kind of counted on to be the guys and the closers. And then when he come, when Kyrie comes back, there was sort of a power imbalance. You know, who takes the last shot? Who do we count on in these critical moments? And that that can never that can't be good for anybody. You can't you can't rely on a player to be in question about his role on the team. Right, and he's just not a guy that really fits in Brad Stevens' offense of an offense that relies on ball movement and, and flow and pick and roll and getting to the rim and kicking out. You know, Kyrie is really more about iso ball. I'll pass when I really need to, but I'm not afraid to take on the double team. So yeah. I think, you know, Kimball Walker is now a Celtic, and I think he's a better fit in that offense. And I think it's going to flow better. But, you know, with the Nets, I think – they're going to be a, a deep playoff team. I'm not going to say Eastern Conference Finals, but definitely a second-round team. You think they're like a four or five seed? Yeah, I think so. Instantly, without without Kevin Durant? I would think so because – so basically it's the same team plus DeAndre Jordan and Kyrie this next year. Minus, minus D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. But I think we both agree that Kyrie is a much better player than D'Angelo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page. So – I think you insert both of those guys. Both have playoff experience. You know, Kyrie has hit one of the greatest shots in NBA history mm-hmm. in the biggest moment. So, insert both those guys into the lineup. I think they have a deep postseason run coming up. And they may surprise some people, too. Well, I certainly hope so. So, we're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about our picks, see how we did against each other, and then we're also going to talk about our winners and losers of the offseason. Uh we have one each for today, so stay tuned. And we're back. So we're going to talk about our picks that we made for free agency. You can find all these on our Twitter page as well. At ReservesPod on Twitter. So with no inside sources whatsoever, we both correctly selected Kyrie and Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn. No inside sources. Zero. Just our own intuition, everybody. So... Um, just going down the list, I edged you out by one. Right. Carson Carson had five correctly of the ten free agents that we had listed. Fifty percent is legendary from three point standards, so we're gonna stick to that. And I was at forty percent, so which is also legendary. Quality role player off the bench. So uh really the last one we're waiting on is Kawhi Leonard, as you already know. Um if you haven't had a chance to listen to the last episode or check our Twitter, I selected Kawhi Leonard to go to the Los Angeles Clippers, while Logan selected the Toronto Raptors. And I'd happily love to change my pick. Which is not going to happen. I would love to say that Kawhi Leonard is going to be a Los Angeles Laker by the end of the week. But 
I listened to him as a Raptor because that was the information from Twitter that we had at the current time. Right. So, I hope we're both wrong. <laughs> as a Lakers fan, I'm sure you are. So, uh, I want to ask you about the... You also selected Kimball Walker going to the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, that that was almost more of a wishful thinking than anything. I really want to see Kimba play in that Rick Carlisle offense with Luka and the KP. I thought it'd be a really good fit and would give them another ball handler. But I think him going to the Celtics is a really good fit for him as well. So oh, yeah. I like him going to the Celtics. Not unhappy they didn't go with the Mavs. And uh, neither of us saw Jimmy Butler going to Miami. Yeah, that was that was just that was kind of a extremely off the wall. Considering the man said, "I want to be a winner. I want to go to a winning team." And then he goes to, "I want to contend." And he goes to the Miami Heat. Miami, but Miami has made several moves this off season to put them in a better position, really get some more cap flexibility. And he's going to be the man. So we'll see. Which has proven to become more important to Jimmy Butler than winning, regardless of what he says. And say this too. Every team that Jimmy has left, the Bulls and the T-Wolves have gotten exponentially worse <laughs> after he leaves. So, we'll see what happens with maybe the 76ers. That's, maybe that's uh, foreshadowing? Maybe. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. He'd have been pretty average for a while. So, And we were also wrong on Brooke Lopez. Which I'm happy about, actually. I, I did not want to see him leave. I was happy with him leaving. Although I chose Brog, we both chose Brogdon to go to Boston. It seemed like like a great fit to us. But I mean, I think he'll fit in great at Indiana. Uh, that that backcourt of him and Oladipo. Yeah, I think will be pretty salty. I think Indiana will be a pretty good team. They were a good team even last year, but they did lose Bogdanovich. That's right, and they didn't. They lost Collison. He retired. Right. But and they didn't get Rubio as everyone had suspected. He went to the Suns. Went to Phoenix. So Which is also off the wall. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on the Suns again. <laughs> but I think he'll be really good in that offense. You know, he'll be the point guard. He'll run the show. And Old Depot is, a, is an outstanding player. Volume scorer. So I think the, the Pacers will be great defensively as always, and it'll be a very interesting team to see Hopefully for sure. A deep playoff team. Um, I think the East is certainly looking. More rounded, more well-rounded. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be a few top-heavy with the 76ers and the Bucks, as we discussed earlier. And but there's definitely some quality teams out there. We're seeing a lot of teams now, sort of, they're building better uh, units, they're building better benches, and they're really rounding out rosters. We're seeing a lot of rebuild teams, you know, get out of that rebuild stage, and we're starting to see some promise, which. You know, it's kind of why we we say the NBA is wide open right now. There's a lot of teams that you look at them, you like if you know if certain things go their way, they could be something. They could be people, a team to rec, uh, a team to take seriously. Exactly. I think right now, with the current landscape, no Kawhi deciding yet. There's easily ten to fifteen teams out there. So basically, half the league that could it could be a, a contender. Either right. with one trade, one more move. You know, there's just a lot that could happen. Or they pull a, a Brooklyn of last year and just overplay. Exactly. And they play above their pay grade. And we've seen that happen many times. And that's not something that we would be surprised uh, to see. I am just – I'm probably more excited for this next NBA season than I ever have been as an NBA fan. Yeah, it's, hopefully it's going to be a blast. Lots of that that's going to depend on Kawhi Leonard. But I'm happy with our picks. You know, yeah. I was four for ten. You were five for ten. Not bad when all the craziness and a lot of unexpected things happened on day one. We kind of left some players out, but I mean, that's our list. We make our list whatever we want. Exactly. You know. So um, moving on, we have our we've we've kind of done our own little research and our own, we have our own ideas of who we think maybe not the best winners and losers and worst losers. But these are our personal lists. But kind of like are just yeah. some some teams that we think have done a good job, or teams that we think need a little help. So 
Uh, I'll let you start with your winner of the offseason. So the winner kind of pains me as a Laker fan, but I would say the winner of the offseason so far for me has been the New Orleans Pelicans. And I just I must say that David Griffin has done an outstanding job being the president of basketball operations there. He has acquired a lot of assets in the Anthony Davis trade. Also, another thing that I think has been really underrated was he went out and was able to get rid of the Solomon Hill contract. And he had a really great draft. And then, pretty quietly, signed J.J. Redick, one of the greatest shooters of all time. And then also signing a quality big man center to pair next to Zion and Derek Favors. Yeah, I forgot about that Zion guy. Yeah, that Zion. He's pretty good. He sneaks up on you. But I think great pickups for them. I think they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to be a great league pass team. They'll be a lot of fun to watch. I'm not. I don't think they'll be a playoff team, especially in a very loaded West. But you never know. Maybe they'll be one of those teams that really over overperforms. I want you to explain what you mean by a great league pass team. Yeah. So NBA League Pass is something you can buy. For those of you who don't know, and you can watch any regular season NBA game at any time of any team. And so, be a great time to buy that. And watch the New Orleans Pelicans. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, yeah. But, um, so you're saying they're not worth a, a general watch on ESPN. Oh, I mean, they'll get some big games just based on who they're playing. They're and also Zion. Just simply because of Zion, yeah. Yeah, so definitely watch those games too. I just yeah. mean on knots when they're playing the Orlando. Phoenix Suns. Yeah. Yeah, watch those games. I think, I mean... I see Lob City 2.0 in, in that team. It's gonna be a lot of fun with you know with an I don't want to say elite, but he is he is very a very very talented point guard, Lonzo, uh, who has unbelievable court vision, and then a guy like Zion Williamson who is expected to explode in the NBA. I think it's I think they're they're huge winners. Yeah, I mean they got a guy that's been one of the most anticipated players, prospects that the NBA has seen over the past couple of decades, since LeBron, since Anthony Davis. I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. Great defensive backcourt with Lonzo and Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Then even bring in a shooter like J.J. They're going to make you think. They're going to make you play some defense. And they're going to definitely run up and down the court in that Alvin Gentry's offense. And don't forget about you know Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart and like guys who are proven to be... You know, budding scores, who can consistently score and put the ball in the in the in the basket, and you know, give you solid minutes. You know, maybe as a starter or maybe off the bench. You know, the, those guys are very uh, versatile in the way they play, and I I really I, I agree with you. I think those are you know that's a great winner. So, but for mine, I'm going with the team that is in win now mode, and that's the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz have been kind of an under-the-radar winner for this offseason. And I'm going to tell you why. They have a huge upgrade at point guard in Mike Conley. Yeah, they let Ricky Rubio go, but he wasn't really getting the job done. People had problems with him uh, not being as elite as he was hyped up to be coming out of uh, coming coming into the draft whenever he was uh, a rookie. So now they get a legit point guard who can play on both ends of the floor. They go and get Bojan Bogdanovich, who just adds to their pick-and-roll opportunities. You know, imagine having to cover both him and Ingles on the court at the same time. With also Gobert rolling to the rim for a lob. Yeah. And Mike Conley, who is a much better shooter than Ricky Rubio. Yeah, for sure. That team is scary already, and we haven't even mentioned their best player in Donovan Mitchell. So, along with this, they've also signed Ed Davis as a backup center, who I consider you know a top tier backup. He he averaged eight point six rebounds in only eighteen minutes a game last season for Brooklyn, and has a very high defensive efficiency rating. That team's going to be, especially in the front court one of the best defensive teams in the league. I think it's very true. And they also went out and signed Jeff Green earlier tonight to one year. Another defensive guy. And then 
Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported they signed Emmanuel Moutier to a one-year contract as well. Quality so, backup point guard. Yeah. So Utah, even in the loaded West, I think regardless of where Kawhi goes, the Utah Jazz are a top two, top three seed. And I think they, you know, now finally, since the Warriors dynasty has kind of fallen apart, I would look out for the Jazz to kind of take the take the reins of the Western Conference. I don't know if I'd say take the reins, but I think, you know, I think in the last podcast we talked about them being a top four seed. Yeah. So, I, and at that we said sneaky, but I'm not sure we'd even say sneaky anymore. No. They'll just be a good team, a good team that's going to compete against the best teams in the league. And arguably, like you said, I think we'll be one of the best, one of the most elite teams in the West. I mean, when you look at a roster, you look at their roster from the top down, they really have everything you need. They have, they have spot-up shooters. They have a great ball-handling point guard who can also be a volume scorer. They have a young superstar in Donovan Mitchell. And they have Defensive Player of the Year. Two-time Defensive Player mm-hmm. of the Year in Rudy Gobert. And solid backups that they're signing in this offseason. I think they're a clear offseason winner. Yeah, and they have a good coach in Quinn Snodder. Right. So, yeah, I um, think it's a great winner. What about your loser? So my loser. It's a little bit more fun to talk about. It, yeah, but it also hurts, too. I'm sure some Charlotte Hornets fans out there. Yikes. It, it, big loser this offseason. They lost their most transcendent talent, transcendent talent maybe they've ever had in that organization. And Kimball Walker going to the Celtics. Basically because, you know, he said he would take less than the, than the Supermax. Well, they offered him even less than the regular Max, which is just a slap in the face to a guy that's been an all-star that's carried that whole franchise on his shoulders since he's gotten to the league. And then they went and re- did the sign-and-trade with Kimba to get Terry Rozier, who next year is going to be making about $20 million. A guy that's averaging like 18 minutes a game with the Celtics. You know, I just don't... What are they doing? And they have so much under contract for... This next season, a lot of that's going to fall off the books for the 2020 season. But, my word. They're going to live in mediocrity for the next decade. They, I don't see them getting out of anything like that. Yeah, they. their biggest thing is, you know, next year once some of those big major contracts, like Biombo, the Marvin Williams contract, the Michael Kidd-Gilchrist contract, falls off. All of those contracts are over $20 million. They'll have some cap maneuverability at that point. But they're just going to have to look to build through the draft. And we'll see. It, it's Free a tough agency, spot. Maybe? I mean, it's such a small market. No one's wanting to go to Charlotte. Right. And, you know, while Michael Jordan was one of the best players to play the game, you know, some say he is the greatest to ever play. He is one of the worst owners we have in the league right now. Yeah, I would agree. So, you know, big loser this offseason – not getting a lot done, and you know when they're signing Terry Rozier's of the world to three-year, fifty-eight million-dollar contracts, it's it's just been a, a crazy off-season for the for the Celtics. Good for Terry Celtics. Rozier, though. You know, good for him for for getting that kind of paycheck. When I don't want to say he doesn't deserve it, but I mean his play certainly hasn't doesn't match up to that type of money. Well, I mean, but hey, have fun in Charlotte, you know. That, but you know, this is something we talked about before. With there's so much money out there that forty percent of the league was free agents. That some of these guys are going to be, based on market value alone, overpaid. And Terrier, in my opinion, it's looking like he's going to be one of those guys. But you never know. We'll see what happens with him in Charlotte. What about you, Carson? What is your who is your big loser of the off season? So far? you knew it was coming. Oh yeah. The New York Knicks. <laughs> if you know a Knicks fan out there, give him a hug. Give him a high five. Take him out to dinner. <laughs> Do something to bring their spirits up. Not only have they dropped the ball in the draft, they did not get Zion, although they did get R.J. Barrett. I'd say that's a silver lining in all of this. Uh you know, Knicks fans, they 
they aim high, and they rarely ever get what they desire. Yeah, their their plans A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. Probably none of them planned out. Right, they're going all the way down to Plan Z. Plan Z is on the table, which is which ended up being Julius Randle, uh, which is laughable when it comes to free agents. Not to mention. Their big dream of getting Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, basically any high-profile free agent. They wanted to become the next super team. What they ended up becoming was a laughing stock, because not only did they not get Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie, but they got Zion's teammate and. Kevin Durant and Kyrie are going to take over New York as the kings of basketball with another team, with a team across the bridge, 20 minutes away from the stadium. So now Knicks fans are looking at their franchise and thinking, this is the end of Madison Square Garden. (laughs) And, you know, for as long as we've been alive, the Knicks, and we mentioned earlier, the Knicks haven't been relevant since... Carmelo and Amari Stoudemire days and you know back when Tyson Chandler was actually a serviceable player right. and so now you know, you've got a feel for these fans you know they're some of the most passionate basketball fans you know the Spike Lees you know the, the Stephen A. Smiths they're, they're, who is absolutely sick by the way if yeah, you, he needed to be comforted by the whole nation it's a it's a travesty that they allowed him on air <laughs> uh, since day one but that man's hurting. So send him a nice message on Twitter. Tweet him something nice if you have the chance. Uh, Are you being too hard on the Knicks? No. That's the question. I don't think so. See, I think maybe not too hard, but I think it may all work out in the end for New York. And what does that look like, so, working all, working out in the end? So we talked about this is they're on plan Z. You know, They didn't get any of the guys they were connected to all year long. But I think they approached this offseason with – a pretty good mentality once they knew they weren't getting these big ticket guys. You know, Julius Randle, while still not really who you wanted that this offseason, great player, really quality player. They signed him to three years, and, you know, he's the only guy they signed this offseason that's uh, over a year deal. Every pers- Everyone else they signed is a one plus one with a team option. So, you know, next summer where the free agency class is really dwindled, to where there's not much out there, they can just opt into those guys and bring them back. Or if they don't, they didn't work with the team. They just let them go. So they'll have some flexibility. They have a lot of assets now. We'll see. They're a young team, young coach. With, even with David Fisdale, I don't think they're in as bad a spot as what everyone is saying. But you know, from being on the mountaintop, you get Katie and Kyrie and Zion, or trade for Anthony Davis. To, you know, we're just going to have a, another rebuilding year, built through the draft, all these things. It's just a hard pill for, to swallow for Knicks fans. Well, they kind of set themselves up for failure, if you think about it. You know, they, they put out these crazy uh, these graphics with Knicks jerseys on all these superstar players. And then the moment comes for them to perform and for them to follow through, and they don't. So it's not – you're probably right. It's probably not as bad as people think. But it's just because they set an expectation of we're going to get the big-name guys, and they're going to come to Madison Square Garden, and they're going to play for the Knicks. Well, and they traded Christoph Porzingis oh. for pennies on the dollar oh. because they had to have cap room to sign some of these to guys. To get some of these guys. And just for here we are to go to Brooklyn. Exactly. And you know, drive them out of New York. So I think – I think they've done a decent job kind of resalvaging some of this by who they brought in. But it's just a it, it's a tough it's a tough spell for for the Knicks. I will give them props for how they've structured their contracts. Yeah, exactly. So Julius Randle is the only player on the roster as far as we know that isn't on a 1 plus 1 deal that they brought in, that they've signed. Right, that they brought that they brought in this offseason, right? So what that means is that out of the players that they brought in, you know, like the Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, all those, those guys are on uh, one-year deals with a team option following. 
All of them. So the Knicks have done a solid job in sort of damage control for this uh, swing and a miss of an offseason that they've had. But, you know, we're not going to let that overshadow the swing and the miss. Well, and also we've not talked about maybe the biggest piece of this is that they did not offer Kevin Durant the max amount. Oh, yeah. They were afraid because of his health. Which we won't, which people, you know, give him crap about that now. We don't know. I mean, if Kevin Durant comes back and he's not anywhere near the same player, we're all going to look at the Knicks like they're geniuses. But really, what did they have to lose to offer him that? Nothing. nothing. Exactly, because if he comes back even 80% of what he was, it's still he's still killer. one of the best players in, in the league. So I can't believe they didn't offer him the max. I don't think he was going to go there without Kyrie or somebody else. But, yeah, kind of swing and miss, like you said. I think it's a very – I think it's a good loser. While they were able to salvage some things together, yeah, big loser, I think, yeah, they, this offseason. they had big goals, and they decided that these are the guys that we want, and they ended up getting none of them. Uh, I wonder what they thought whenever they heard that Kevin Durant and Kyrie didn't take the max at uh, Brooklyn so that – DeAndre Jordan could get $10 million a year. For four years. For four years. I wonder what they thought about that. We won't know, obviously, but we can't imagine that they were very happy about that. They're probably punching the air at that point, knowing that they could have probably offered, if they could have found, they probably could have found a way to do the exact same thing. Yeah, James Dolan at that point was probably kicking another media of the, or member of the media <laughs> out of Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And uh, having to pay another $50,000 fine. So that's all we have for you this week. Uh, obviously, we're excited about everything that's going to happen in the coming weeks. Where will Kawhi go? Who will follow him? And what's really going to go on with the rest of the league? Right. Lasting impression. What do you got for me today? So this week is kind of unique. It's going to be a question. Okay. So here you go, Carson. The lasting impression of this week is, is Kawhi to the Lakers a weaker move than KD to the Warriors? No. Because... The Lakers were not 73-9 and nine last year. My thoughts, exactly. This has been The Reserves. We're out.